G'day punters, welcome to the Sydney preview show. We've got the Villiers coming up this weekend at Randwick, but we're also going to cram in a few races around the country after the Sydney show, and we'll try and preview a few of the get-out states that you might come into counter or into contact with on Saturday. It's a pretty hefty meeting at Randwick, 10 races, dual highway, and uh, we've got the Group 2 Villiers as well as the, the Christmas Cup and the Razor Sharp. Mark Shan, first inspection, what did you think of the card there? Well, there uh, look to be plenty of chances in most races, uh, boys, so um, hopefully we'll try and find a winner along the way, but uh, yeah, two highways to kick the, the day off, so I won't be starting to race through, I can assure you. Okay, <laughs> yeah, that sounds promising then for the first couple of races. Uh, Randwick rail back in the true forecast-wise, there's a little bit of rain around the next few days, but it doesn't look too bad, does it? Uh, no, um, actually the forecast has improved. Uh, from the original one, it looked like they might get up to 10 mils over the couple of days, but that's been wound back to a maximum of about two. So, uh, if anything, that'll just save them watering, uh, if, if that forecast is correct. Uh, the other thing of interest in the weather was the reasonably fresh east-southeasterly, which traditionally meant on pace, but I'm not going to get too worked up about that because the, the I've been finding at Randwick of late the, um, the traditional sort of patterns that you expect from the different wind directions haven't really been panning out that way so i'm just going to approach it as reasonably fair okay uh we also got a, a question from ryan ingram uh regarding overlord will he finally break through on friday night at canterbury mark shan have you uh, had a look at the race and are you giving overlord any chance there um i've had a quick look at uh, the meeting but haven't done it fully yet look i'd uh, want to see him do it first i think he's been gelded they rode the brains out of him to get up outside the lead and trial the other day to get his mind on the job. He did come away and win uh, convincingly, but I think Chris Waller's got five in that race. He'll probably scratch another three out of it. That's his <laughs> normal pattern, so I don't know what will be left in the race. Uh, I couldn't back Overlord if it wins, it wins. Okay, very good. Uh, Mark Roden, you got any comment to uh, add on the on the now gelding? Um, no, I haven't done the race either. You've got a bit on this week, as yeah. you know, but... Um, he, that didn't really strike me as a Canterbury horse, is yeah. one I'll say about Overlord. So, yeah, I'll, I'll get to that in due course, but not one I'm desperate to find. Yeah, I would tend to agree with that. We're going to preview races 7 through 10. The Quaddy Legs will start with the Razor Sharp, which is the listed race over the 1,200. Uh, it's basically pretty close to dual favourites at the moment with the Theory and Snits as Space Boy Southern Lad. Uh, next in line. Mark Shan, I'll start with yourself. Race seven to kick us off the Randwick Potty. Yeah, hey, I'm scratching my head why Snitz is so short. I, I don't know whether I'm missing something here. It um, was disappointing in the Ramorny and uh, he did get held up for run there the other day. In fact, he was slightly checked on both occasions at his last two runs and just folded up very quickly. So uh, I couldn't possibly have it at the price. I might be wrong. Um, I'm going with a theory who's been freshened up here. Got two wins at Ramick, ran 182 there one day, and then backed up off that peak to still win and run about a 1.9 at its next win. Uh, the run after that probably had enough, but uh, had a freshen up. Back to the trials, got no weight on its back. Stack of speed in the race with space and also. Uh, there's a bit of speed there. What's the other one in the race? It'll run along Easy Eddie. So I think it'll be run to suit. So I'm with a theory and I've got Southern Lad in for second. I think he'll sprint well fresh. So seven from six for me. Couldn't have snits at the price. Okay. Mark Roden, uh, who have you got rated on top at this current stage? 
Uh, I've gone with a theory as well. Uh, yeah, I've got Snitz double figures, personally. I, I, was, I had something on him first up, and one of slightly held up. He didn't finish off at all. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'd need to see him show something before I was uh, considering backing him again. Um, yeah, a theory, for the reasons mentioned, a little freshen up, drier track, nice trial. Probably gets 1-1 one, one or something here, I think, uh, or maybe 1-2, one, 1 out 2 back, but... Um, Looks uh, clear top pick to me. I'm probably going to back Space Boy. If Easy Eddie decides to sit off Space Boy, he might get a reasonable lead. Um, 1,200's going to be the worry, obviously. But, yeah, because um, yeah, other than the theory, I'm sort of scratching my head a bit. In and up is going really well, but map's pretty poorly by the look of it. And then I'm out to things like um, Passage of Time. It's probably be off midfield again, but um, it was very good first up. So I, I've just made it a theory and saves space boy. Okay. Promising start to the quaddy then. And race eight is the feature on the card. The Villiers stakes over 1,600, the group two. Uh, in terms of the markets coming up now, we've currently got Creoderis and Through the Cracks rated as joint favourites around that $5.50 mark, best available across the corporate smart Shan. The group two, uh, I wouldn't necessarily say it's a vintage edition of the Villiers, would you? No, I have seen better Villiers, but anyway, we've we're there. The cards were dealt. Um, I'm scratching my head with Creaderus here a little bit. Um, I thought his trial at Newcastle was very sluggish, to say the least. Sectional times out of the trial were horrific. Um, they put blinkers on him, like he couldn't keep up against Casino Mondial, who's a Tari horse. Mm. Um, he's had six weeks off. I'm not sure where he fits into this race. He'll be last. Unless the blinkers he finds six or seven lengths, um, I can't back him. I found Sambra. I don't know if I've had a dream. Um, I thought he was very good at Rose Hill. He was narrowly beaten in this race last year. He hasn't won over the mile at Ramwick, but he should have won the Carbine Club as a three-year-old. He's run some good races at a mile at Ramwick in the past. And I think from barrier number one, with uh, two kilos less than he had last year, I think at around the $13 or $14 mark, he represents good value on an each-way basis. Um, Graceful Glamour, well, she might roll in what they want to do with Fun Fact. I thought Faistos might be a little bit better outside of horses. He was just jammed up inside a horse up the straight the other day, and I'm not sure that he fancies that. So I'm going uh, eight from six and betting around the favourites. I don't like Outrageous, and I don't like Creadiris. Outstanding. Like it. Bit of value there. Uh, Mark Roden, how did you find the Villiers? Yeah, I've there's four I'm interested in. Uh, in order, they are Through the Cracks, uh, Graceful Grammar, Faistos, and <coughs> Sambro. So I'm with you on Sambro to, to some extent. Just like I thought Through the Cracks was totally unsuited the other day. Hopefully, I know they he, he looks one-dimensional. Mm. But with a jockey change in Gate 7, pair or two closer, and on a track that might be more conducive to running on than Rose Hill was the other day, I think he can um, improve and just about win. Five dollars isn't, you know, screaming value or anything, but uh, could get better on the day. Uh, the three I want to make uh, at least chop outs for me, if not winners, are Graceful Glamour, who um, she does sometimes struggle to back up those through the re-performances, um, which is a worry, but at around nine fifty, ten dollars $10, I think we can take the risk because she is, an, as long as the rain doesn't come, I should point out. She's an out-and-out dry tracker. Um, if Fun Fact wants to hand up to her and she's got her firm surface, 
and and she gets into her rhythm again, then yeah, you'd be filthy if she arrived at double figure odds without you. Um, faced us 34 days off before last time, probably set to peak here, and uh, yes, perhaps a more suitable barrier for him. And Sambro, don't like the jockey change, I'm sure no one does, but at $19, um, like the way he closed off last time, and happy to take the pump. We're getting the price to find out with Glenn, aren't you? Uh, right. he's had 96 starts this season for six wins. Um, I guess oh, yeah, put, that's 16 to 1. So. Well, that, that's it. Um, he might have been a Wednesday. <laughs> in four? He's in four. Mind you, the last 12 months he's ridden 17 winners, so six of those have come this season. So it's, oh, yeah. So, yeah, getting there. Uh, race nine, benchmark 88 handicap, 1600 metres. Uh, we've got Spirit Ridge as the current favourite from New Arrangement. Regal Stage is next in the market. Uh, Mark Sheen, in terms of race nine, um, I had most of the speed drawn out mid to wide. Is that the way that you saw it here? Yeah, I think Regal Stage from Barrier 12 will um, have the foot down early. Um, he led all the way at his last two starts. So I'd expect him to go forward. Missy Beale probably from the outside barrier rolls forward as well. And Musha Reb, if it jumps, likes to get up there as well. Uh, I did find this a bit of a hard race. Blinkers go on Spirit Ridge here, which um, may improve the horse. I'm, I'm a little bit doubtful about the format of that race he ran in at Newcastle, but he was first up over 1,600 metres and the addition of the blinkers might help. I've, I've come back to uh, New Arrangement and Kerwin's Lane, looking for the ones with no weight on their back here that are drawn all right. So I'm 16 New Arrangement on top. Might be a non-winner, but I just didn't think he had a great deal of luck last start. I'll put him on top. I think Kerwin's Lane back to a mile um, will be a much better uh, setup for him from Barry One. And Spirit Reader, he gets out a little bit more in the market um, for a chop out, but uh, I'm, I'm not really keen on the race. Okay, uh, Mark Roden is that for it. Um, and not favourite. I've got a, uh, I've got him favourite, so I'll, I'll have to be on him if the market stays the way it does. I do have Spirit Ridge second pick with the blinkers on, although I, I, I have been pretty kind to him, and I haven't even got him favourite, so I'm, I'm not falling over myself to be on him. He would, he would need to drift. Um, at Regal Stage, flying in those country cups um, probably gets the lead again, but not not a bit for me at his current odds. Natawi, uh, runners on might get their chance on Saturday, but you know you're gonna he's gonna have a lot of work to do from where he's gonna get to, and Kerwin's laying back to the mile, so that's that'd be my top five. But I um, uh, not a good thing, but I'm reasonably happy to be on New Arrangement. Okay. Uh, that brings us to the last race, 10, 1,400 metre, benchmark 78. Now, in terms of the market, Snowfire is currently the favourite around that $5 mark with Promotions, Night of Power, and He's a Hot Shot, all at seven fifty. Now, Marchand, I found it difficult to stamp an out-and-out leader in this event. I know Dylan's Romance does tend to lead, but that's over typically over a little bit further than 1,400. Uh, Who do you find leading this brigade? Um, well, I think Snowfire, if he jumps, uh, can lead. He led two of his last three runs, and he the only time he was off the speed was his last run where he dwelt slightly, but he was massively worked up in the enclosure before the race. He sweated um, something unbelievable, and I've got to say, looking at him before the race, he had none, but he still managed to get up and win. So 
if he can improve off that and roll forward and get control, um, look, he's won three straight, and I think he'll make it four straight if he turns up in a better frame of mind. He was still able to play up and win the other day. Admittedly, got a good run off the speed when they spread out, but um, I thought he did a great job to win considering the way he looked, and I think he's only got upside. I think Juventus is an improver here getting up to 1,400 metres. Just found it a bit short last start, and he's got a much better record around this 1,400-1,500 metre mark. So I've gone six from four. Knight of Powers in at Canterbury as well. It was a good run. First start as a gelding. He's in the mix as well. I don't know if he'll go to Canterbury or to Ranwick. And Mark Roden, Knight of Power was a horse that you had some time for in one of the previous review shows, uh, memory, um, from Kembla. Yeah. Uh, you would prefer to see him at Randwick, I would imagine, over Canterbury? Uh, yes, but uh, mainly because he's going to make the market for Snowfire. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty keen on Snowfire too. Yeah. Um, this is a... I mean, the, the thing Nash was on, Greg Hero should have won that race at Kembla. Um, the rest of them are just, just horses, I think, really. Not a powers, but more a midweek horse, I think. Mm. Um, Snowfire's the only horse in this field, I think, with pretensions to going on to better class than the 78s and so on. Um, I think he's going places. I can tell you I can tell you why I won it first up. It's because I was on Ramstein. <laughs> I had an absolute moral of it. But, um, um, I'll put that to one side. I'm not, not holding that against him. I think he is definitely the improver in this race. And, and if he jumps and gets a good run on the speed, it could be that could be the last day season. Um, yeah, Juventus, I actually mentioned it in a review show after its first run at Kembla because uh, it got out to about 50 to 1 that day and really ran a lot better than its price. Uh, drawn for a soft run in 1400, yes, um, have to be saving on it, um, but that's about where it ends for me. Um, I've got Knight of Power about 9 bucks, so I don't want to be on him. Um, yeah, promotion, barrier 15, no thanks. Um, yeah, I, 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 Snowfire saved Juventus, pretty straightforward for me. All right, sounds good. Might be one of those where you're back at uh, 9 a.m. and then double up or triple yeah. up. Rob finds it late in the yard. Um, all right, let's uh, have a look at the card overall. Uh, if there was a best best value play, best lay on the card, Mark Sheen, I'll go to you first. Oh, well, I've got to give accountability another go. Got a <laughs> jockey switch here, uh, 2,400 metres. Well, this might have been the plan all the way through. Um, Could have been. <laughs> 2,400 seven-day backup. Uh, down to 53 and a half. Um, I've got to go to the well one more time. Uh, I like it. Um, uh, yeah, I think Snowfire, just hoping he, he doesn't sweat up and yeah. is in a decent frame of mind. I think he's a, a very smart horse. Lay for me is uh, Snits at the current price, so just shaking my head a little bit with that one. All right, very good. Uh, Mark Roden, I was going to ask you about accountability in the Christmas Cup, but Mark Shen's already beat me to it, and <laughs> they're going to be following up? Yep, I'll be chasing my money as well. I'd say he's <laughs> actually my best bet on the card. Excellent. Uh, I've got him shorter than, well, much shorter than his current price. I think he's clear top picking that. I'd say Stockman's the only one I think we could give him a race, and it's about his ride odds, I think, so... Definitely will be with accountability, definitely will be with Snowfire, and just so I don't, you know... Um, doesn't look like I'm totally copying Mark's work. I'll throw in your arrangement as well. All right, very good. Now, uh, you also wanted to mention something out of race six, the Phillies and Mares benchmark 88, uh, which is Talia's the current favourite. You've got three Ood, Snap Dancer in the market as well. Yeah, I, I think Talia's getting in probably short enough now, but it is 280 in places. So I just think it's a really strong um, 88. Um, yeah. 
that snap dance of fluid color at first up. If it can repeat that, it's, it'll give Tayura a hell of a race. I mean, it, we were talking about how good three Ood was first up, being three and four deep the trip and winning anyway against the pattern. And I was thinking she's going to come out and be 250, whatever she's in next time, and she's $6, and, and that's probably right. It, it is a really, really strong race. Uh, Intrepidatious, who we were in love with um, off the trials before Kembler is 850, um, you know, with a big weight drop and probably box seat. So it's a really deep race. I haven't actually got anything to tip you in it yet because I think the market are pretty right, is pretty right. But um, I, yeah, I think you a good chance of getting a nice price of good horse in that if you want to bet in it. Yeah, I remember watching uh, Snap Dancer Parade in the Thousand Guineas, I think it was from memory. It was just looked like it was ready to peak and then it trained off visibly to the eye uh, in the next start, which was the Ethereal, I think. So, yeah, it's a horse I've got plenty of time for, but obviously haven't seen it in quite a while. Um, very good. Now, we'll just quickly touch on Canterbury. Um, we have spoken about, obviously, the, the track of doom over the last few weeks. Mark Sheen, what would you want to see at Canterbury for you to continue or to, well, to basically consider betting there tomorrow night? Um, well, just a, a normal pattern of racing. They, they're breaking 33 nearly every race. The, the leaders to try and get in a position and some running on from the back now. Well, they have to because the leaders are going mental up front. It's not normal racing. Um, I don't know. I'll have to watch a couple of races there. Tomorrow night, just hope it, it looks a little bit uh, more normal than it has in the past. I don't know how anyone can defend how Canterbury is racing at the moment. Uh, it's uh, been bad for a long time, and let's hope it gets better rather than worse. Exactly right. Mark Rowan, it's a pretty difficult meeting to go into because do you go into the first three or four races thinking that it's going to be, I guess, new traditional uh, Canterbury and try and bet accordingly, or do you wait for a few races and then the overcompensation as a result? Uh, it's impossible to know. Be, 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 uh, yeah, I mean, horses are ridden out of their pattern. Mm. And you don't know which ones they're going to be, um, like Lancaster Bomber last time or, or yep. whoever it may be. It's just adds a just a further level of guesswork to an already complicated task, and I'm rapidly getting sick of it. Um, I mentioned last time, I think that fall in the last race at the last meeting was caused by two horses going too fast and stopping as if shot and the horses run over the back of them. It's, you know, it's not only hard to win at, it's um, it's dangerous. And yep. uh, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll be doing the form for it and I'll be coming up with prices. Might have a bet or two. I had a good day at Wong today. I'm, I'm in no mood to be knocking it off at bloody Canterbury tomorrow night, I can assure you. Yeah, that's exactly right. And yes, a uh, very good day from yourself at Wong. Um, pretty much just completely destroyed that meeting, which was outstanding. Uh, you've obviously got Kembler, Randwick, Hawkesbury uh, on yep. Sunday as well. Yep, yep. Um, second week in a row, we've had the full dance card, sort of Tuesday, yep. Wednesday through Sunday, but um, a lot of week next week, I'll be looking for a break after Hawkesbury on Sunday, but um, yes, so we've still got, even with Canterbury aside, we've still got another three meetings uh, to try and sort out. All right. Beautiful. Uh, good luck to you both over the weekend. Uh, we'll catch up next week to talk about it. But until then, go well, guys. Part two here at the Mailbag Preview. And something a little bit different and to make sure that these two fellow gentlemen are still working for the weekend. We're going to preview the get-out stakes across Flemington, Eagle Farm and Ascot just to give something for everybody to roar home, try and find one of those winners to... Well, we were actually we're going to be in front, so we're not going to be worrying about trying to get out. So it's really just for everyone else. But uh, Shane Shirley or Jack Dickens, you're both looking very frazzled. You guys want to explain what's been happening? Shane, I'll start with me. 
I've um, <laughs> sort of uh, I've been venturing into uh, into North Queensland on um, on some pricing and stuff on on similar basis of what I do down here, and um, I've found three of the first four winners at Mackay, and um, only backed the dollar eighty chance in the first, and haven't backed the next three two or three winners at like five and six bucks. So I'm a little frazzled. It's uh, also a little, got a little bit to do with the uh, the weather up here at the moment. It's hot and muggy, and we're going to get a shitload of rain, and yeah, it's just all falling apart around me. Collar up, goggles on inside. You are a bit frazzled, eh? Yeah, future's bright. <laughs> <laughs> but apart from that, everything's good. Thanks for asking. Oh, good, good. Uh, Dickens, you've got Wodonga at the moment, um, but you've got Flemington on Saturday, and the card looks pretty fat. Yeah, it's a big day. The way we've um, sort of rejigged the product slightly, where you're going to get more information and more bets. It's going to be a big couple of days. We've got Maui, Geelong, and then the Valley tomorrow. We'll have yep. prices for everywhere. So if we think it's a bet, we'll be betting. Um, then we've got um, yeah Flemington on Saturday, which is really really exciting because it's a you know we've had Ballarat, we had Pakenham last week, which was a disgrace. Uh, for a Saturday meeting in Australia's number one racing jurisdiction. So, yeah, keen to get back to Flemington. I think it'll race real fair, importantly. I think they'll get they'll be able to run on. Um, and, yeah, we're going to try and blast out here in the last. Geez, you hate packing them, don't you? No, I don't mind. I don't mind it on, a, like, a Thursday night. But, <laughs> mate, they'll come, they'll Saturday horses. Saturday horses, they'll come home in, like, over, like, 150 metres. Yeah. What's it look like the Wodonga I'm betting on right now? Anyway, All right, oh, I don't know. I don't know why we. I don't even know why we went. Like, yeah. Anyway, we're going to the Valley on Friday night, which is gonna be good. Yeah. Um, first time at the racecourse since before the All Star Mile. Pikey's third last winner he had in Victoria, and um, <laughs> then we've got Flemington on Saturday, and then I'm. Uh, be betting betting from New South Wales for the remainder of December. Speaking of the great man, there is no pike in the last at Ascot, so I can't wait to preview that race. The market doesn't know what it's doing at the moment. Alrighty, should we start at Flemington then? Uh, the Legends Trophy, and it's a benchmark seventy eight over eleven hundred. All right, Dickens, what have you found? You were t- saying you declared one, or you about to declare one? I could declare one. Um, firstly. Let's have also just for a little bit of a bonus. Let's have a little get out small bet Valley race eight number three Princeton Spirit. I think it'll get a nice run there along the fence, which I think will be where you want to be tomorrow night. That's a get out stakes at Flem- at at Mooney Valley, and then at Flemington race nine number eight Paul's Regret. I think it's an outstanding price five fifty. Probably starts a lot shorter. The other horse we're going to be with is number eleven Lasseur. Going to back Lasseur and Paul's Regret in the last. Yeah, he's keen. Mate, could you, could you please? I can't wait till he's old enough and I can stop and just get him to like rag you on air on your own shows. It's not far off it. No. He'll have a phone and everything. He'll be like, wait, Dars. Like, to ask him about that loser that he had yesterday that got done by him. Ask him. He'll be off to Mowing tomorrow in Geelong where we're getting ready for the Valley. Anyway, it's okay. Let's go to uh, Queensland. They were fun. Girls, girls. Yeah, How many for girls? Um, it's a bit of a tricky map. Um, 
Uh, Friday, we have we're racing at Doombin Friday. There's a fifty percent fifty percent chance of zero to three mils. Doesn't mean a lot because it's stormy. So like, there's as much chance of getting thirty mils in one place as as there is of getting three mils at the next postcode. So um, it's always a, a concern the stormy sort of activity. Then on Saturday, we're in fair range. Of this ninety percent chance of any rain. And the possible rainfall is between eight and twenty-five mil. Good. Um, so once again, it's like humid, stormy. If it does rain and if they do get twenty-five mils, it'll sort of be in an hour or half an hour or so, which is sort of the normal go. And I don't know. It just seems to. We've had a fair few meetings sort of called off with the rain. Once it comes down, that's it. No one wants to ride in it, and it just gets too wet. So and visibility is terrible. But that's going to be more of a concern later in the day as usual at Queensland weather pattern. So makes uh, taking any early prices a little bit tricky. And we've got a big card Saturday. We're back to the farm. The jewel in Queensland racing's crown, if <laughs> hadn't already been told. How do you expect it'll race? Um, look, I think the, the, the track manager who's had taken over from the previous, so the current, um, has done a lot of good work with this track. Um, the participants seem to think that it's got a little bit more, a lot more cushion than what it did originally, and it's really, um, it's it's going to race fair. I think um, that's just a, a pretty sort of broad observation, I suppose. But um, has been good growing weather, so you'd expect to have good grass covering that little bit of cushion, and and you know, you know obviously will depend. We'll see how it goes during the day with the rail position and whether they want to all come down the middle as usual or whatever else. Um, but, um, you know, I think you can sort of go into it fair, it's sort of more concerned with the weather than the track. But it is a big day's racing. We've got a number of two-year-old races as, you know, some two-year-olds start to emerge for the Magic Millions, um, which is a carnival that I'm looking forward to being in the casino for three or four days straight rather than going to the track. Um, but, yeah, some nice two-year-olds sort of on their way up and it should be good. A good card. We've got a, a race eight here. We've got a race that is called the Gateway. Now it's restricted to four-year-olds, and basically, winner gets ballot exemption from the Group One Stradbroke uh, in the Winter Carnival. So, um, a couple of nice horses there in uh, Profit and Frosty Rocks. Um, look, the two, um, the horse from North Queensland. Um, I shouldn't have brought it up because I don't want to say its name. Paniagua. Um, so it, you might have known. Oh, you wouldn't have known. You wouldn't have taken any notice. No one did. It won the. Um, it won that Bush Cup final at Eagle Farm last week. It's pissed in, and um, uh, so they're having a throw at the stumps. It's elevens into sixes. Like I can't see how it could possibly start single figures. I was struggling to get at double figures. Uh, just looks a complete two-horse race with Profit and Frosty Rocks. Um, uh, probably the other one other race worth t- talking about is the Callaway Gal, which is race six. That's uh, a two-year-old race. Got a couple of these. That, one in particular that I think uh, will announce itself, um, and that is number one, Fake Love. It's got a bad gait, but uh, I think it – I think it might be good. It might, it might be just a very nice horse and very and, and pretty slick. I think the locals, you know, they're all around that $6 mark, the locals, and they're all pretty even bunch. 
Uh, I think this fake love just might be a little bit better than him. The 13 down the bottom, the Gay Waterhouse run a summer beer. It's third emergency, second emergency now after the one scratching. Gee, I hope it doesn't get a run because it's accepted to run at Toowoomba on Saturday night. Um, and I'm thinking there'd be a good opportunity there because, like, going up the hill fresh and thinking that you can just come up here and win is very tough. doesn't matter whether it's in football or racing or drinking oh. or whatever it is. It's just tougher up the hill, and I'd love to see it come up here and run. I'd be happy to take it on. But, uh, I mean, it's it's won, a, it's won a trial in Sydney in, you know, typical Waterhouse-style horse. But um, I, I think that fake love might be, uh, you know, might announce itself here. You've got Bossy riding fake love. Is he just moving up to Queensland short term, is he? Um, I don't know, really. Uh, there was talk, you know, Bossy was in the headlines. He wrote that someone wrote an article about him to get a few clicks. He said a few contentious sort of things. Um, mentioned that he's coming up for the millions and basing himself here. Like he will, um, he'll get some plum rides down in the weights uh, over the next three or four weeks and particularly, you know, leading into Magic Millions Day and particularly for Waller, I reckon. Um, yeah, certainly going to be, he's certainly going to be one to follow because he's going to get um, the, the good rides. I don't think there's any restrictions on quarantine or anything now. So he's timed his run to perfection, Bossy, as he does, <laughs> uh, particularly in the big races. And he's done it again. I, I just think <laughs> he'll come up here and, and start winning straight away. I really do. He's, he's got a couple of nice rides Friday. Um, you know, he's going to he's going to hit the ground running in Queensland a winner. I've got no doubt. Now, girls, this is a get out stakes preview. And uh, as you've so far mentioned every other race other than the last, uh, the last has a lot of horses backing up from the spirit of boom from two weeks ago. Are you able to pull that race apart for us? Jeez, it's a tough one to pull apart. Um, exactly. That's why I wanted you to have a look at it. <laughs> um, I was kind of a little bit interested in, in getting in the car and, and going down the street to back Crone from the better gate this week. Um and then by the time I found my car keys, it went 15s in the 950 on the tab. And um, so I didn't think I'd bother. And now it's 650. So I shouldn't be so lazy. Um, I think it's a, I think it's a big improver. It was, it was plain first up this prep, just as it was last prep. And then second up last prep, it, it raced really well. Arguably should have beat Shellwar in, in a good race in Queensland. Um, the better draw was a big, a big plus here and, and come out of the, that jonker race and it's just it's the right form accelerates um i think we might have bet against it during cup week didn't we and it knocked us off somewhere late in the carnival or a, somewhere um you know it's obviously here for the magic millions as well um you know it's, it's obviously got some class on it i think the race sort of falls away pretty quickly after that baccarat baby you know dvd She's got you know chance in this skate to Paris. I'm not too sure about. Um, and then all the way down the bottom, number fourteen, Splendor in the Grass, who uh, tear away leader on on resumption and, and sort of sat back and chased it down late. Wasn't a bad effort. I think it's a negative jockey switch though. So I'm sort of I was going to say Crone originally, but just at that price, I think it's sort of rock bottom now. Um, you know, I think that. Um, I don't know. Like at the prices right now, I think sort of Baccarat Baby could be, you know, could be something that firms sort of as we get a bit closer. Crone sort of on on its mark at the price, but it's a winning chance and accelerates as you know probably the the class runner. Um, 
So those one of those three will win. I, I can't like definitively find one. So um, sorry, I, yeah, that's about where I'm at. Sort of at the current prices anyway. All right, that's fine. We'll see if things change between now and the uh, the apocalypse forecast, or if it actually eventuates. If indeed, uh, Ascot, there is no pike in the last, which automatically means betting is far more entertaining. Um, Mind you, if uh, if anyone saw the last of Ascot yesterday, uh, we backed like a Jaguar, but the better result was Miss Merritt. And my goodness, if uh, if the horse got any, I I don't want to be bagging four kilo apprentice. I think that's a little bit harsh, and it was his first time riding at Ascot, but it also looked like it. So um, he's only going to improve from that. But no, Miss it's Merritt, not it's not harsh. It- Betting your money on it, you can comment on it. You can comment neg- negatively on riders. You're, you're entitled to an opinion. Yeah, and we, we got the price. It drifted from I think seven fifty out to about fourteen dollars. We were taking late on the fair, so you know. If you want to be immune from criticism? Don't be a jockey, or or don't go on Twitter, or go on Twitter with an anonymous name. But like, <laughs> if, 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 if you want to, if you want to like, it's what comes with the territory. Yeah, you're entitled to bag the ride. That it does. It looked dangerous, more so than in, in that. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was. Um, it was a little bit hairy there, I think, for a few involved. But mind you, it wasn't the only bad ride in the race. There was a there was a couple of shockers there. But well, it, it's it's Ascot, it's West Australia. It's never going to be the only bad ride in the race, is it? Yeah, exactly. Um, Pistol's got to be a bit careful. He probably end up drinking with said jockey at the casino Saturday night or something. So he's got to be a little bit careful what he says. No, I'm at a wedding down south this week, so uh, very little chance of me drinking with jockeys. Jockey free, is it? Jockey free. Um, they get you to, how do they get you to go? Well, they're mostly dentists, so, you know, I fear it's worth going to. You need a good dentist, don't you? I need one. What went chat? What am I talking about? Oh, the last Ascot. Uh, there's two horses we, I think. We've lost, he's lost his train of thought, Curls, and we know not to do that. We can't talk about drinking with jockeys. He just starts to drift off. We're losing. Sure. And pistol steers the ship. We need him focused. Back to get out stakes, Ascot pistol. Yeah, there's a couple. They've gone up short enough, um, but I think they'll both drift just on nature of the map, so we'll be betting a little bit later. But both Melorab and Distant Trilogy. Distant Trilogy goes Andrew Castle to Brad Rewilla, drawn 14, which is really scary, terrifying behaviour, but there is a pretty strong southwesterly forecast on rail three metres. Um, Distant Trilogy finished close up behind Resortman first up, which is <coughs> pretty decent form. Resortman will be going around about even money, probably even odds on, on Saturday. So uh, that's clearly, I think, those two are the play there. But there's a few other horses that have claims if they get the right run and the track's doing the right things. I don't really think that there's a strong leader in the race, which is going to make things a little bit interesting as well. Um, so as a result, I'm looking for horses to settle off speed and attack the line. But uh, as I said, there won't really be any late mail um, because I'll be probably mid-wedding speech by this point. Uh, and I don't think that's necessarily kosher behaviour to be pulling out a phone and roaring one home halfway through through a wedding speech. You never know. It might actually happen for one member of the mailbag team here eventually if it ever happens. Um, that would be pretty decent. Can you imagine that? <laughs> Get the Just imagine that. Just imagine there. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's all I'd hear the whole way out. Like, it better not be any any betting. Yeah. I don't want to see people watching naked. <laughs> I don't know. 
Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> reason the wedding will be on a Saturday. Well, won't they? That's the first. No. no, you know when I won't get married? Monday. Fucking Monday. Packingham Cup Day next year. <laughs> Deal. <laughs> that would be outstanding. Um, all right. Anything, anything else from any of you two? We've got cricket starting this afternoon. Now, yeah, that's, that's that? going to be exciting, eh? Half run winner. Now, Curl's half run winner uh, is named. I'm not exactly sure where the name comes from, but the uh, the man is a very big Jody Hicks fan, sort of along my sort of way with a couple well, of jobs. Curly, Curly's now taken over as our market rate marketing man. Yeah. At the mailbag. And uh, explain to the punters what you've sort of done here. What have I done? Market rate. What I've done, did you say? Didn't you come up with a name? From fine leg to fine leg. Fine leg to fine leg. Yeah. Oh, it's just like, you know how like, you know, when you, I'm not sure, it never happened to me because I was gifted. (laughs) But um, like, you know, when you, no, I was a terrible cricketer, terrible, (laughs) terrible cricketer. And like when you, when you can't bat and you can't bowl and you can't field, uh, the cap, when you're in the field, when it's your turn to, to field, the captain just makes you run from fine leg to fine leg because that's the only place they can sort of hide you. <laughs> so uh, it's fine leg to fine leg is a bit of a derogative term, but um, you know, I'm hoping that I'm, I'm pretty sure that half run winner can do a job for us. Um, the great thing about the, the great thing about the cricket, I haven't sort of followed much cricket betting, and, and before I met um, the half run winner, and like I have been betting a little bit. Um, of the stuff that he discusses in, in various chat groups. And it is so wide and it is so sick that it's <laughs> like... <laughs> right up your alley. You can't watch sport without betting on it, right? It's a waste of time. Like, it's, like cricket's not even a sport, right? It's just one bloke with a bat and a bloke throws balls at him and he hits CFR, he can hit him. It's not a sport until you start betting on it. When you start sweating on how many sixes Joe Blow hits in the first 10 overs... How, how long it takes him to score 20 runs, all these different player props and different markets. You click on like the Toppy website, there's 251 markets for a BBL game. It's so sick and it's so good. It makes it makes it worth watching. So you have to bet it. All right. Well, uh, the futures bets are already out. Looking forward to the first bets coming out uh, probably in an hour or so. So by the time this goes, uh, goes to air, I think we'll already be mid-big bash debut and riding some home. Uh, Dickens is riding home. That was plain. That was very, very plain at Wodonga. It continues. Benchmark 60 or something, and they can't even corner. Anyway. What a sport, as they say. Exactly. All right, guys. Thanks very much. Uh, go well to you two. I won't be in touch with you over the weekend, so... Um... Oh, pray for us. Good luck to you. Pray for us. Yeah. I thought um, Excelia might win race six too at Flemington. Okay. Just just throwing out more bets. We just wanted one, but that's okay. Uh, Go well, guys. Thank you, Peter. Yes, thanks.